Welcome to the e-commerce podcast with Matt Edmondson, a show that brings you regular interviews, tips and tools for building your business online. Well, hello and welcome to the e-commerce podcast with me, your host, Matt Edmondson. Now, whether you are just starting out or whether if you're like me, you've been around the world of e-commerce for a while, the goal of this show is simple. It is to help you grow your e-commerce and digital businesses. And to do that every week, I get to talk to amazing people from the world of e-commerce. I get to ask them all kinds of questions about what they know and how it's going to help us develop online. I try and have the conversation that you would have if you got to sit down with them and grab a coffee with them. Yes, I do. Uh, We dig into their story. We learn the principles that are going to help us start and adapt and grow online. And today is definitely no exception. I'm so excited about this interview with Joseph Wilkins uh, about the eight steps we need to take to create funny sales videos that sell. And the key word here is funny. Yes, it is. So we are going to get into all of that in today's show. But before we do, let's take a few seconds to hear from one of this week's show sponsors. Hey there, are you a business owner? Here at Orion Digital, we know firsthand that running an e-commerce business can be really hard work. As the online space gets more competitive, it is becoming even more challenging to stay ahead of the curve. We totally get it. So we want to help you succeed by offering a wide range of services from fulfillment, marketing, customer service, and even coaching and consulting, just so that you can do what matters most. Save yourself the time and the money and let us handle the day-to-day tasks. This way, you can run your business without having to worry about the boring stuff. So what do you say? Are we a good fit for each other? Come check us out at oriondigital.com and let us know what you think. Yeah, do check them out. We, uh, you know what? We just want to shout out and say thanks to our show sponsors. Do check them out. We carefully, we carefully curate our show sponsors, if you like, as we're getting more and more interested, uh, people more and more interested in the podcast, which is great. Thanks to you, the listeners. More and more people are wanting to reach out and sponsor, which is enabling us to keep going. These guys are great. It keeps the show on the air. So do check them out. We will, of course, link to all of the sponsors for today's show. We will link to Joseph, uh, our amazing guest. Uh, We're going to put all his links uh, that he talks about in the show notes. So if you are a follower of the podcast, we put the show notes and transcript up uh, online. You can get hold of that for free. You don't have to put an email in or any of that kind of nonsense. Just check it out, ecommercepodcast.net forward slash 82. That will all be there. Yes, it will. Now, today's guest. Let me tell you, (laughs) Joseph is such a cool bloke. Uh, I really enjoyed this conversation with Joseph where we talk about videos, right? Funny videos um, that can help us sell our products online. And actually, this is super important for e-commerce businesses because it's all about doing something really that no one else is doing. And he's going to tell you some stories about companies that he's done work with that have got hundreds of millions of views and have rapidly grown as a result. Now, I was a bit fanboyish, if I'm honest with you, because I have been, uh, I don't want to use the word victim of one of his funny sales. I've, I've, as you will hear in the interview, he did a video that I saw 
uh, and that we ended up buying product uh, as a company before I knew it was him that created it, if that makes sense. And so I know what he's talking about here works. Uh, so let me give you a bit of an introduction to Joseph and then we will jump straight into uh, my interview with him. So Joseph Wilkins founded Procreative Studios almost 20 years ago. Can you imagine what video was like 20 years ago? I mean, he's gonna tell you a little bit of the story, but can you imagine the difference in technology? Uh, his team produced infomercials, TV commercials, corporate videos, he's directed thousands of campaigns for clients like Google, LinkedIn, McDonald's, Goldman Sachs, Chevy, Home Depot or Home Depot, uh, if you're here in the UK. Yeah, all these mega brands. I mean, he's done it, right? And has, as habits have shifted from television to online, Joseph launched funnysalesvideos.com uh, in 2017, where he creates attention-grabbing viral-style sales videos that entertain viewers into making immediate purchases. And so he's got two decades of experience, hundreds of millions of TV and online views, right? Hundreds of millions of dollars of track sales. The guy knows what he's talking about is the bottom line. And he's developed this sort of eight simple steps that any business can follow to boost online sales, right? So this week's podcast, eight steps we need to take to create funny sales videos that sell. You are going to love this. Grab a notebook, grab a pen, because here's my interview with Joseph. So Joseph, thanks for being on the show. Thanks for being on the podcast. Great to have you here. Now, you're a fellow Brit who has defected <laughs> to the dark side. Um, you you, you I, know I the am. United States, right? Yes, yes. 20 years it's been. So about half of my life in, uh, in London and half of my life out here in the United States. Ah, very good. And what, what took you to the States? Was it the bright lights and... and uh... <laughs> And well, I mean, originally, I, I just came out here to go to university, um, met my wife and ended up staying. We've been back to the to, to the motherland a couple of times and uh, we, we just decided to settle out here. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, great to have you on the show. Now, yeah. it has to be said, uh, Joseph, when I look at the background, uh, because obviously I can see you and those that are listening to the podcast can't appreciate what I'm saying. If you're watching it on Facebook or YouTube, you will be able to appreciate what I am saying. That is one uh, funky background that you've got going on there. Uh, you definitely get the award for the best background uh, of any guests we've had on the show. Well, thank you. I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should just start giving out awards at the end of the year. Um, and you have been involved. I mean, it says there in big, bold letters, funny um, sales videos. And so obviously you've been involved in video for a while. Uh, you've been in, in that whole area, which is what we're going to get into. So how did you start this journey into video production? Oh, gosh. Well, I mean, I came out uh, back to my university training. I came out to go to university. I went through um, the communication arts program at BYU and uh, I took some film classes, but my my main focus was graphic design. And when I got out of college, I went and started work for a company in their marketing department doing graphic design. And that's kind of, again, showing my age 20 years ago, that's kind of when the internet started to support video streaming. Mm -hmm. um, and my boss basically said, hey, we need somebody to go learn video and who better to send than the graphic designer. <laughs> and so that's, that's really how it got started. 
And, you know, I started doing corporate videos for, for this company. And then I started freelancing on the side and all of a sudden I found myself in a situation where I had more freelance clients than work than time that I had at home. And my wife basically said, pick a job, you know, mm -hmm. either go with your freelance business or, or quit it. And so that's when I started Procreative Studios, which is the company that I started 20 years ago. Um, and uh, when, when I very first started, my focus was almost exclusively on television, mm. right? So we produced infomercials, we produced television commercials. Um, our very first project actually that helped me basically quit my nine to five was the little giant ladder infomercial that did over $200 million in sales. Wow. Um, we were a very small part of that. Mm. Um, but, you know, that kind of gave me the taste of, you know, if you make a really compelling sales video and get it in front of a huge audience, you can create huge sales. And so mm. we did that for about 15 years producing infomercial after infomercial. But I don't know about you. I can't remember the last time I watched live real television. And, uh, and so the, the channels you know, where those infomercials are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 People just aren't flipping through the channels like they used to, and that's how we used to catch you. Mm. Um, and so our, our results started going down and down and down, and our clients started saying, we need to figure out how to get back to the days when we were getting these huge returns on investment. Mm. And so that's when we really started to look at social media and, and where people were going to because they weren't watching TV. And that was you know streaming platforms, but also Facebook and you know, YouTube hugely and Instagram. And so we started trying to figure out, well, we can't take a 30 minute infomercial and just put it on these platforms. It's mm. not going to work. Um, and so we started really looking into what agencies like the Harmon brothers and, and other agencies that were creating these fun viral style videos. Um, and so that's basically what we decided to do is pivot our business away mm. from more traditional sales feeling videos um, and do these more fun videos that basically trick our customers into watching our content and then <laughs> halfway through discovering that oh this is actually an ad but you know i've been entertained enough that mm. i'll stick around and keep watching and mm. so that's basically you know five years ago is when we launched funnysalesvideos.com and I'll just finish with an example and then, you know, feel free to ask me any questions. But before we made that big switch, our biggest video that we'd ever done as far as an online view count, we had one video we were proud of that had 100,000 views. Mm. Well, wh when we switched to making these funny and I, I spent a long time creating the right team of writers and we can talk about how writing is the most important part of this. But after we launched our first funny sales video campaign, we got 7 million views on one campaign for a very wow. small customer and over a half a million dollars in sales. Fast forward to today, our biggest campaign is about to hit 100 million views wow. across uh, probably about five videos, but the same campaign. And more importantly, you know, tens of millions of dollars in sales, I'm, I'm guessing. Mm. And so that just kind of underscores how much more effective these kinds of videos are. And more importantly, how your listeners should be really thinking about 
how can I make content? And it doesn't have to be, you know, these big elaborate productions that we do or other agencies like us do, but how do we make our content engaging enough that people listening and people watching the content aren't just feeling like you're trying to sell them something, but you're actually entertaining them or telling them a story while you're doing it. Cause that leads to such higher engagement. Yeah. That's, um, well, I mean, firstly, congratulations. That's some horrendous statistics, horrendous in a good way. Do you know what I mean? I mean, that's, that's quite extraordinary. Have from the days of the infomercials, and I remember those, I like you, I used to, I mean, you still live in the States. I did live in the States and you would see them on TV, like a 30 minute commercial talking about face cream. How someone could talk about face cream for 30 minutes totally blew my mind, but they could. Right. And so you see these, you see these, I, I remember those days well. Um, and I, I appreciate we live in an age where video content is getting shorter and shorter and shorter. You know that we're now on reels, aren't we, which are 15 seconds and all that sort of stuff. Would you say that the current mechanism that you have uh, in terms of doing videos on social media is now the equivalent of what you've lost in the in the infomercial space? Do you know what I mean? Are they comparable or was the infomercial space so much bigger or is the social media space so much bigger than the infomercials? That's a, re that's a really good question. So I'd say two things. Number one is today's landscape has kind of leveled the playing field. And I know that's an overused term, but if you think back to the days of the infomercials, our infomercials, when somebody hired us, you know, they, they could be millions of dollars because mm -hmm. you're talking about a 30 minute show. It's basically a movie. Mm -hmm. that, that's an enormous production to put together. And so the average small business owner could never afford the production costs, let alone the media time to, to air that on, you know, national TV or cable TV. It's very, very expensive. Today, and we can get into this in a minute, you know, how the average person can produce one of these kinds of videos. Everybody, I mean, you can't see it if you're listening, but everybody has a 4K camera in their pocket. Yeah. That I'm not kidding. When I first started this company, I'd pay 50 grand for something that was nowhere near as good a quality as what you have in your pocket right now. Mm. So those, those two factors have just made it so that there is no excuse for anyone other than creativity and, uh, you know, the, de the determination to figure out how to do it. Anyone can produce really compelling content, upload it to a platform like Facebook or YouTube and immediately have, you know, what we used to pay hundreds of thousands of dollars to be able to reach the, these big audiences, but you have to know how to do it. Mm. And so it, it just becomes the, the potential audience is even bigger than television because it's now the entire planet that's mm. connected to the World Wide web, but you have to know how to create the content in the way that w people will watch, but then also figure out how do I connect them to it? The days of, if you build it, they will come. Don't, you know, that, know. that actually never even did exist, but even more today, you've got to know that this is the kind of thing that you, you can't just upload it and it will mm -hmm. go viral. C companies have figured out that, you know, if you're Facebook, 
you're going to create an algorithm that's going to favor the people that are spending dollars on your platform as opposed to people who are not. So that's really how we get those views is it's not a an organically viral video. Um, I kind of explain it like if I was to say to you, you know, I, I'll create a magical vending machine that's full of $100 bills, but it costs $20 every time you use that machine. How many times are you going to want to use it? Mm -hmm. And that's really what we do is we create these videos that as long as you realize that you've got to pay to expose it to the right people. But if we do everything right, and if you do everything right, you know, we get two, three, four, five, as, as high as seven times return on ad spend yeah. for every time we spend that dollar on advertising, we're getting more in return. And that's really what you're looking for is a repeatable, scalable business rather than a flash in the pan, organic viral view hit video anyway. Yeah, I think that's, that's fascinating, isn't it? I mean, just going back to what you said in terms of the barriers to entry to me seem to be the lowest they've ever been because everyone, like you say, is carrying around a full production studio in their pockets. You've got your 4K yes. camera. Your phones can even edit the, the videos these days. Oh, yeah. You don't need a, a desktop or any of that kind of stuff. And I and like you, I remember the early days of videos where it was just crazy money for, and there were these super high barriers to entry. So now, oh, yeah. more than anything, there are low barriers to entry, but... Um, there is now more video content uploaded every second to the internet than there ever has been because of, Absolutely. you know, we can record video, data transfer is so cheap and so on and so forth. So it seems to me that whilst the playing field is leveled and the barriers to entry have come down, the need to create high quality content has gone up because yes. to stand out in this sea of beige for want of a better expression do you know what I mean the sea of sort of everything is the same there's only so many cat videos you can watch for totally example. um it seems to me like and if i if i'm hearing what you're saying right joe's if this is it's a great time to do it but you have got to stand out you can't just yes. upload anything so ryan dice who's the founder of um digitalmarketer.com uh, he actually gave a keynote at uh, traffic conversion in san diego month or so ago he talks about how marketers ruin everything <laughs> like like literally that's a great t-shirt right there it absolutely is because one person does something successfully everybody sees it and wants to try to copy it mm -hmm. and if they start out and they set the bar up here the next person that tries to copy it is going to bring it down here and the next person tries to copy it is going to bring it down here and so what what you're just what you just articulated is because everyone can do it most people will probably do it substandard and so people are going to start to get bored of seeing the same kind of thing so the challenge is how do you exceed what's been done before mm -hmm. not how do you you know come under the bar of what's done before. And so there's different levels of these kinds of videos, right? And I always tell my clients, the worst thing that you can do, and hear this, the worst thing that you can do is try to be funny and end up looking silly. Okay. Because that will sink your brand. That will make people think, you know, you, you, you guys are just trying to do something and you end up looking silly. And so I always tell people, 
the most important part of these of the process of producing a video that you're trying to make funny is to test it and make sure it is funny before you go past the scripting phase and you know i don't i don't know if you want to get into my my eight steps of how oh, we sure go do. through yeah, we're getting into those yeah yeah uh, the the most important part is making sure you know before you produce this video that people are actually going to respond to it. And that doesn't just mean laugh to it. That means understand what the problem and the solution is that you're presenting and what the offer is that they're supposed to take advantage of when the video is over. So there, there's a whole structure to this. And, and I have to give the Harmon Brothers props here. They have an online university that uh, that I went through that I would highly recommend to anyone listening that's interested in this kind of approach to marketing is to go through the Harmon Brothers University. But we've kind of developed an eight-step process that we take every one of our videos through. Um, and I, I can run run through that if, if you want to do that now or i can answer other questions yeah no i think it would be um I, I, before we get into it there's there's one thing that i i mean we we talked about um we talked about this in our pre-call and uh just another example of a video that you have done which actually i didn't realize you had created before we did our call um if that makes <laughs> sense um yeah. and that is the video that is um I don't know what you call it. I call it the blankety blank video. Do you know what I mean? The If you're in the UK, you remember the blankety blank uh, checkbook and pen with Terry yes. Rogan and his funny microphone and the guys, um, like, I guess, however many guys there were. Anyway, you've done this video, uh, which reminded me of blankety blank, and it was based on um, a cleaning product, wasn't it? Like a, a detergent for washing clothes. Yes, True Earth Eco Strips. And we have that product in our house. Um, I'd seen the video. My wife had seen the video, more importantly. <laughs> and she yep. had bought that product. And then when we were talking, it was like, oh, you, you were the guy that created that video. So just explain, uh, I guess, for the audience, this may be something that most people have seen because this thing has had an awful lot of views. But just a quick outline of that story and your thinking behind it. Well, so that was actually one of our very first clients. And that's the one that I mentioned earlier that the campaign is about to hit or close to hit a hundred million views across wow. probably five different videos of which the one that you just mentioned, I think probably has close to 20 million views. Um, so this is a product that a, a client came to me. In fact, we met in the Harmon Brothers University. Um, he was one of their students as well, and we connected on on their chat forum. But they have a product that is a laundry detergent that saves plastic. So it comes in a cardboard box, and it's dehydrated. It kind of feels like chewing gum almost that you're throwing into your washing machine. And so we wanted to create some videos that really got out there, not just to the extreme environmentalist, but to your everyday housewife right and i know that's a stereotypical term but you know you mentioned it worked on your wife well that's because our facebook campaign was targeting you know women in a certain age group which i'm sure your wife fit, fits into so i'm glad to hear that they hit the target but the story is basically you know it's not a crazy you know sexy product laundry detergent and so we we had to come up with some really fun ways to grab your attention 
to tell a story, but ultimately to create sales. Mm-hmm. You know, so this is kind of like a subscription um, laundry th- laundry of the month, right? So every month they they ship it to you in the mail, and so we basically created this game show that was, you know, what what's the worst way and the best way to do your laundry and people answered. And you go go to funnysalesvideos.com and take a look at it. I think it's like the third or fourth video down the page. Um, but it it got such a huge response that, yeah. you know, we just we just kept doing different kinds of spins. In fact, we just launched the latest version of the video two days ago. It's a rap video with the same oh, wow. character. And you'll have to check it out. It's really mm-hmm. fun. It's, um, I think it's s- still in testing on Facebook, but I think we got like a half a million views just over the weekend. <laughs> well, I have to say congratulations um, on that video, Joseph, because you took a topic which is innate. It's just inanely boring, isn't it? I mean, it's it, yeah, it's a commodity. It, it's a commodity. It's boring. And yes, it's got a good environmental message, but you know and I know that good environmental messages, they don't sell to the mass audience. Everybody feels like we need to be more environmentally friendly, but very few people actually take action. You only really sell to a very small portion of the world with that message. Yes. And so you took that, but the way you did it, the way you told that story, I just thought was utter genius. And you didn't just come on, they didn't just do it on the website saying, buy this product, save the planet. You actually used humor in a way that I went, this is very, very clever how you guys did this. And I don't know how long you spent. I mean, I, I know how long you spent because we talked about it last time. But in terms of the the writing and figuring out that script and the the time it took to do that, you guys must have had an absolute blast putting that together because I, I thought it was oh, so yeah. well done. And I have to give credit to our writers. We have a team of you know about ten writers, and that's another huge point for your audience to think about. Um, I, I think in the UK you still have the TV show Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, right? I. I guess so. I've not seen it for a long. I think Jeremy Clarkson does it now. Oh, does he? Mm. So, so the if you watch that show, and it's been years since I've watched it, but you have three lifelines. I think phone the fr- phone a friend, um, fifty fifty, and ask the audience. And mm. always the best one, the most accurate one, is going to be ask the audience. Because the wisdom of the crowd will always be better than the wisdom of the individual. And when it comes to writing. You know, we have a a virtual writer's room of multiple people that will bounce ideas off each other. And one person will read somebody else's joke and say, yeah, that's funny. But if we just tweak it like this and somebody else will come up with a great idea, you can never get that when you have just one person locked in a room. So I always tell people, test your jokes on multiple people. You'll be amazed at how many you know, just crazy ideas will spawn off of, you know, just sending it to somebody and saying, what do you think of this? And it's even more, you know, apparent when you get really good comedy writers that have experience. Most of the people that work for me are freelancers who are stand-up comics. That's their full-time right. job. So okay. they're traveling from city to city during the day for, to the next gig. And they're, work, you know, basically punching up my writer's scripts and then at night they're, you know, in, in the clubs and they love to kind of get the extra income of working for me in between. So that's that the kind of quality that mm. produced that video that you're talking about. It doesn't happen, you know, by chance. 
It's a lot no, of hard work. Yeah, I, there's an awful lot of hard work, and it's your deliberate decision to use humour that I think separated yes. the video out. And, you know, it's, it, I find it fascinating that you go and get stand-up comics to help write your scripts. I mean, that, do you know what I mean? There's obviously humour's a big deal for you. Um, so if I, you know, the guys listening to the show, um, they're thinking, oh, this all sounds great. I've not obviously got the budget or 25 writers. But you've mentioned it before. Test it's funny. Why Why do we want humour? Why do we want to bring in that, that sense of laughter into what we're doing? So... There's something, and I'm no psychologist, but I've read books about how when you connect on a with a person on an emotional level, so it doesn't have to be humor, but when you, when you connect emotionally, there's certain things that happen inside the brain that don't happen in any other way. So that could be make them cry. That could be make them laugh. For me, it's much, much harder to make somebody cry, especially in this <laughs> very short period of time. Yeah, Making yeah. them laugh is a lot, you know, it's a lot more dependable that I know mm -hmm. I can do it. But when you make somebody even smile, right? When you make somebody smile, they remember, but they also let down their guards and they will actually start to listen. And that's mm -hmm. the huge problem uh, that you articulated earlier is that we live in a society that is over communicated. Mm -hmm. When you jump on your Facebook feed or what, or your, you know, Instagram or, or YouTube, you are bombarded with people who want your attention and you have to figure out how do I stand out? And I'll go back to the reason why I think our videos and, and videos from companies that are, you know, much bigger and better than ours, the reason why they are so successful is because people aren't coming to these social media platforms to be sold. They're coming to waste a bit of time. Mm -hmm. They're coming to have a coffee break and to enjoy, you know, catching up with their friends or watching cat videos. Or if, if you can become as close to what they've come to these platforms to consume, the more likely you are to connect with them. Mm -hmm. And final thought is the more likely people are to engage and the magic word is share. So how much more likely are you to share a joke with a friend in the pub than to share some technical specs from something that you read in a white paper? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's really why our yeah. videos are so successful is pe people watch them, they emotionally connect with them and then they're likely to share them because of the, you know, everyone wants to be seen as the guy with the jokes or the guy that's sharing the fun videos. Nobody's going to share a sales video. But if they feel more like, hey, this is a fun video, then, you know, that, that's why our videos get tens of thousands of shares. Did you know that nutrition is one of the keys to maintaining the energy you need to drive your business forward? Vegetology creates incredible unique supplements in an eco-friendly, ethical and sustainable way that feed your body with the precise nutrients it needs. We're not just making you healthier, we're helping to protect our planet too. Our products are vegan friendly and approved by the Vegan and Vegetarian Society. Plus, they're gluten-free so they fit perfectly into any lifestyle. They also contain no artificial colors or flavors, making them good for your taste buds too. You can feel good about your food choices with our healthy, natural supplements. We have something for everyone. Whether you want to boost your immune system 
or just get more energy every day. And we're always working on new ingredients so that we can provide even better products in the future. So what are you waiting for? Get started now by heading over to vegetology.com. Are you struggling to keep track of your business finances? Let me introduce you to Cinder. Cinder is a tool that can help you automate processes and get accurate reports within minutes. Yep, you heard me. It'll save you time and money by generating P&L reports, balance sheets, and inventory management, all with just a few clicks. With all the key metrics to hand, you'll be able to find the hidden streams of income for your business and make it grow. Cinder wants you to be super successful, so much so that they are offering our e-commerce podcast listeners a special coupon code for up to 40% off. Just use the code EASYBOOKS at checkout and grab yourself a bargain. Just head on over to ecommercepodcast.net forward slash cinder. That's cinder, S-Y-N-D-E-R. So what are you waiting for? Stop struggling and start automating today. <laughs> so you've mentioned this uh, a couple of times, and I'm really keen that we spend uh, the second part of the show just sort of going through this. You've got this eight-step process um, to create funny sales videos, which you have, which you use to create all these, you know, huge, hugely successful videos. Um, can we can we go through that? Sure. Let me breeze through them, and then maybe you can come back and, and ask follow up questions because sure. I I could go on for hours, and I'll, I'll try not to. <laughs> So, and, and again, the, this is a eight step ebook that anyone can download from funnysalesvideos.com. And the reason we created it in the first place is we're a very small company. We're pretty picky with who we deal with. And we wanted to give something to the people that we just, you know, don't have the ability to work with so that they can either do it themselves or take it to a local video production company and work with them to follow these steps. But, you know, step number one, it's marketing 101. Understand as much as you can about your customer, about their problems, and about why they like or your current customers like your solution. Understand the underlying reasons why people are buying your product or service and create lists of the top bullet points of the key marketing messages. You know, we used to call them USPs, the, the, um, the, the real underlying reasons why people ultimately will care and the key buttons that you have to push to make a sale. Remember, we're yeah. not making a funny video. We're making a funny sales video. If people laugh at this, that's good and they'll remember you and brand awareness is important, but it doesn't help our clients on the bottom line when they come back and say, did we make enough money that we wanna make another funny sales video? That's ultimately mm -hmm. our goal. And so we have to figure out what are the things that people need to hear in order to press that button and click here to buy now or click here to fill in a lead gen form or click here to sign up for a subscription. And these principles work for B2B, B2C, nonprofits. It doesn't matter what kind of product or service, what industry you're in. As long as you're relevant and you're speaking to the right person, and this is all in step one is brainstorm, sorry, is doing the research to understand who are you talking to? What kind of messages do they need to hear? We're not even talking about funny yet. We're just talking about the marketing points and maybe the objections that you need to overcome. If your product is too expensive, 
and people are saying that over and over again, you've got to address that in your video. The reason why it's expensive, the reason why buying your product is actually going to be cheaper than buying five of your competitors that are going to break or whatever the mm -hmm. objection that you need to overcome. So step two, once you've figured out all of your marketing copy points that you need to present in the script, step two is just brainstorming. And this is a non-judgment zone. Right. So the worst <laughs> ideas, sometimes the better. The mm -hmm. worst thing you can do is stifle people's ideas. And so we tr we set a goal for every video to have 50 crazy bad ideas. Mm -hmm. Right. So a brainstorm is nothing more than who is the main character and what's the problem that they have. Right. And the more crazy ideas, the better. Now, eventually you're going to hone those ideas down from crazy to, you know, the kind that we can produce. But literally, you want to throw out dozens and dozens of ideas. So once you've done that, you want to dis we as an agency typically distill it down to our top five. Okay. Right. So an idea going back to the Harmon Brothers, right? The most popular style kind of video that's ever been done was Squatty Potty. Right. So they had. <laughs> okay. So so their hero was a mythical prince and a pooping unicorn that poops out ice cream. I mean, what, what board meeting is gonna <laughs> entertain those concepts? And yet that went on to be, I think 300 million views and literally transformed a company. Mm. Um, and so don't, I always tell people, don't kill your ideas too quickly mm -hmm. because they have to be disruptive enough to stop and grab people's okay. attention, but they then have to be relevant enough that you can bring it down to a point where somebody can say, oh, I actually do have that problem. Yeah. And more importantly, oh, that solution actually could be the thing to solve that problem. And so step three is once you've got your brain, your, once you've decided on the best concept is to actually begin the scripting process. And, and there's three phases of scripting. There's making sure that you've got the marketing message right, which we developed in step one. Then there's making sure that there's a story that has an arc. And most of our videos are about three to four minutes long. And people say, well, gosh, that's an eternity in today's world. And we always have found, in fact, literally this weekend, that video that I just mentioned, the rap video, we are testing a two-minute version and we're testing a four-minute version and right now my client just texted me yesterday the long version is kicking the short version's butt wow and so that proves that it's people don't stop watching videos because they're too long they stop watching because they get bored yeah so that puts the onus on you to be more creative to grab their attention and then to keep their attention and that happens with great story writing Netflix has proven people still have the ability to watch long content online. Yep. And so you just have to look and feel like that high quality, high engaging story content, and then you too will be able to keep their attention. So in the scripting, you want to tell a story, and this goes back to um, Donald Miller's story brand mm -hmm. arc of, of marketing, which is you got to establish a problem, show somebody, we call it the, the brand hero who has that problem, introduce the solution using a guide, and then show how their life is better because 
of that guide introducing the solution. Yeah. Um, so once we've got, and so we'll actually have a marketing script writer, then we'll have a story script writer, and these are typically all different people. Then once we have the story written, so about a three-minute story, we will bring in at least five or six comedy writers. And again, this isn't just somebody who thinks that they can crack a joke here and there. The, these are typically comedy writers or stand-up comedians. And if, you're, if your audience doesn't know how to connect with those people, I'll give you a real quick and easy tip. Use Fiverr or use Upwork mm -hmm. or use one of these online freelance sites where people are dying for you to hire them. And they are the exact kind of people that you want to hire because they have experience writing jokes. Yeah. Just go to Fiverr and type in comedy writers. Now there's good comedy writers and bad comedy writers. So I would tell you to look at their reviews and make sure you're hiring the good stuff. But these are fairly inexpensive ways to get other trained comedians to read through what your script writers have written and just throw on the page as many jokes as possible. Mm -hmm. Now, one word of warning, sometimes our funniest jokes end up on the cutting room floor. In other words, they're not used because it has to be relevant to advancing the sale. If it distracts from the sale, as funny as it may be, it's got to go. Okay. It has to be something that will grab their attention, keep their attention, but ultimately further the sale. And if you get too many jokes, the video is going to get too long and people will stop watching. Um, and it may also be detracting from your brand. So you have a lot of executives that I talk to, their number one concern is, well, we've never done anything like this before. I don't think our customers are ready for this. And I immediately say, then you're the perfect client for us because the more disruptive, in other words, the more you stand out from your com competition, the more likely people are to notice you. Mm -hmm. But you got to do it in the right way. You can't do it and all of a sudden say something offensive that's going to get you bad press or banned from Facebook. It's got to be what I call safe, but still disruptive humor. That was going to be one of my questions, actually, because as you're talking uh, on my desk here, I have some uh, these are a, uh, uh, these are Omega three capsules. Okay. Dull and yep. boring products. Um, uh, and, but they're vegan. They have a fascinating story behind them. Um, really interesting product. And I'm just thinking if I was going to do some scripting or get people to script with that, should I avoid, because it would be easy to go there, the stereotypes say around vegans or vegetarians or, or do you actually go there? That's a great, great, great question. You don't want to offend your most loyal customers to get new ones. Unless, you know, your most loyal customers aren't bringing you in the money and you're, <laughs> you know, the other audience would. I mean, it mm. is a very hard conversation to have. And we recently actually did a video where we, we tackled that head on. It's actually, I, I can't remember if it's on our website or not. It's called peeler it's a phone case that's compostable and we really leaned into this and we just made a video that makes fun of hippie you know granola extremist environmentals but we did it in a way that even if you are in that audience you laugh at yourself rather than take offense at least yeah. 80 percent of the audience would you're never going to please everyone in fact if you make a video that pleases everyone you've done something wrong you have to be 
somewhat polarizing to get people to connect with you, right? And so as long as eight, you're, you're not offending 80% of your audience, I would say you're about on, on the right track. Mm. And so in this video, you know, we, we kind of, we did this big hippie drum circle and we used a lot of the stereotypes of, you know, these environmentalists, but we did it in a way that I think, at least from the comments, didn't get the negative energy that if you do it the wrong way, you would have. So I, I don't know if that answers your question, but you, you want to test before mm. you go into production. And that's one of the steps that I'll, I'll go over. Um, so step five, after you've got your script um, and, and you've, you've read through it, you've shown it to people who are in your customer avatar and they're responding well to it, they're getting the jokes, they're asking the buying questions of, you know, once they've read the script, they say things like, well, where do I get it? Or how much does it cost? Or, you know, things that really help you to understand, yeah, this script is connecting with people. Then you go into the production. And I always tell people, don't waste money going into production with a script that's half-baked. Mm -hmm. it, it won't lead to good things. Now, in production, as somebody who for 20 years has run a video production studio, you'd think that my first thing would be to say, you know, use the most expensive cameras and use the best lighting and get the right crews. And that is important, but it's not the most important part. The most important part, without doubt, is casting the right actors. Okay. Now, a lot of people get this wrong. They think. Let me be in my own video. I've never had good <laughs> okay. success yeah, with yeah. that. Go for it. Yeah, yeah. Now, there is a time and a place for that, right? So I say marketing is like a salad. You've got to have all kinds of ingredients. So there's a place for CEO videos and unboxing videos and raw testimonial videos and you know low-quality videos. To me, this is a top-of-funnel video, meaning it's the very first impression video Nobody, you're going to assume that nobody knows anything about you and you're just trying to cast a wide net. You want to give your best impression first. And so unless, now a lot of people will say, well, what about the Dollar Shave Club? That was a great video that went viral and the CEO was the hero for it. What they don't know is that that CEO was also a trained improv actor in college. That's <laughs> so what he, he had did. So the skills, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So unless you have those skills, don't try to do it yourself. I will typically audition, in fact, on a weekly basis. That's one of the biggest things that I do is I audition actors for different projects. And I'll go through 100 actors to pick the right one. Wow. That's how picky I am about getting it right. Because if you've done your writing right and you've done your casting right, you've done 80% of your work. You can't pick a bad actor and try to get them to look good with good editing or good lighting or good camera work. It's not going to work. You have to have somebody that is right. And so, you know, spend time. And a lot of people don't understand this. It doesn't cost a penny to, to audition actors. It only costs when you hire that actor. That's okay. just the daily job of an actor is to do audition after audition. And especially after COVID, every actor that's worth its salt already has a setup like what we're doing right now where they, they have a home studio or a home room that's set up with lighting to do on-camera auditions from home. So, so when I say I go- to come to you. You can do this exactly. on Zoom. Okay. Exactly. So what I do is I'll do round one. Here's a section of the script. Do it in front of camera. Email it to your agent and they'll email it to me. 
again, that hasn't cost me anything. I'll go through maybe, you know, I'll go through a hundred actors, pick out my top 20 that I think would be good to audition because I'm looking at their reels, their videos. And then out of 20 auditions, I'll maybe select three to bring back on Zoom and do a live audition where I can then direct them, coach them, see if they can do this faster, put the emphasis here or there. Because you want to make sure that you don't bring somebody into the studio or onto set that has never really felt the pressure of being on set because it's very comfortable for them to audition in their own home without anyone watching and select the best of 20 takes that they do. But you need to make sure that they can take direction in a live situation. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes I will bring them in in person um, bring the client into the studio and we'll do live in-person auditions. But most of the time I can get it done over Zoom and get a really good feel for how they're going to react. That's really interesting. So, so where do you go to find these actors? Acting agencies. Every single decent, you know, decent-sized market will have multiple acting agencies. Just, just go to Google, mm -hmm. type in your city, and then acting agency and you'll find local people that are, you know, local businesses that have agencies. Okay. Top tip there. I would so, not have known that. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, again, it doesn't cost anything. And these actors, that's part of the gig. They understand it. That's how they work. Mm -hmm. So once you've picked your, your, your actor, you've got your great script. That's when I say, if you really want to stand out and look different than anything else that the com competition are doing, you know, you can do it with your phone, but what is everyone else filming with that is on your Facebook feed? They all look the same because they're all being filmed with a phone. Mm -hmm. there's, there's something that a professional production company will bring to the table that will make it look so much different than everything else mm -hmm. out there. And ultimately, the most important part of your video is the first five seconds. So the more that first five seconds can have content that's disruptive, and that's in the script, but also visually look very different than anything else, the more likely people are to stop. So the second part of production is making sure that you do it right if you have the budget. And obviously of the eight steps, I would say the two that I've harped on already, make sure you spend the money on getting the right scripting, make sure you spend the money on getting the right actors. And the other six, you can kind of get away with doing it on the cheap, mm -hmm. but you're not gonna get the results that you are if you do all eight steps the right way. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, totally. Okay, so step six, we're almost there, is editing. Now you've heard this time and time again, when it comes to comedy, it's about timing. So we could film the same clip and the actor could deliver their lines, deliver the joke, deliver the punchline. And if we did no editing, it may feel a little flat, but having an editor that knows where to make the cut, where to switch from a wide shot to a close-up to get the facial expressions, where to chop out the breath to make the timing just hit right, can be the difference between a joke that is ho-hum and a joke that really feels funny. So having an editor that, that understands timing will really, really improve your results. And also back to people don't get bored, sorry, people don't stop watching because it's too long, they get stop watching because they get bored. An editor will know how to speed things up. If you watch any of our videos, I dare you to find a spot where somebody stops to take a breath. 
Because that's okay. where people get bored. I mean, literally, my videos will bombard you with so much information visually and audibly that you won't be able to get bored. Yes, people do still click away, but it's not because I'm giving them a space to get bored. And so an editor will really know how to speed things up, keep the tempo fast paced so you don't have time to get bored. And do you, okay, use, we all... um, do you use music as well to help deliver that tempo? That's a really? really good question. I only ever use music if there's a need for it. See, music can be a crutch. You know, you can get a video that kind of feels boring and then you add fast up pace music and you feel like, oh, it's just made it a little bit more exciting. But actually, music can detract from the message, the, the vocals. If people don't understand what they're saying, that's, that's a huge problem. And so I'm very, very sparing when it comes to music. I definitely use a whole, I mean, I have a, I have a sound engineer who his only job is to put in sound effects, right? So I use a lot of sound effects. Even more, we use visual graphics and, and Im images that just keep your attention. Mm. Um, but, but for music, if there's a reason, most of my videos will have some music, but it's really just like, to underscore one sentence when they say it and put a fanfare behind it to draw attention to that's the most important part. Mm. But just a background music track, I don't think other than obviously the, the rap video that we launched this weekend, <laughs> yeah. obviously that has music. Um, but, but I don't just throw music beds in. Now, last thing about editing, you'll be amazed to find out that every video that we do where the budget will allow, we do the same video and we edit it 36 different versions. Okay. That seems like a, so when quite we, an extraordinary So when number. we deliver, yes. And, and again, this is the difference between the results that we get and the results that some people that try to do it themselves get. So it's not Russian roulette, right? We're not just making one video and throwing it out there and hoping that it lands on black. What we're trying to do is figure out which version of our 36 different versions performs the best. Again, back to the, the wisdom of the crowd, the more different mm -hmm. you know, options you have, the likely, more likely you are to hit the winning one. And so let me tell you how we get to 36. We will script and record three totally different opening hooks. Um, in fact, if you go to my LinkedIn account, I did a whole vlog showcasing the difference between the same video that had three different opening hooks. Now, an opening hook is simply something that grabs someone's attention and gets them to stop scrolling. Um, and, and so if you, if you go to LinkedIn, type in Joseph Wilkins, funny sales videos, you'll be able to see that. But there was three hooks, one, and the rest of the video is exactly the same, but mm -hmm. hook number one did a 1.9 ROAS, return on ad spend. So for every dollar we spent on that video, we got $1.09 in return, which is kind of a, you know, not very impressive, not losing money, kind of a break-even campaign. Hook number two got more people's attention and got them to watch longer and got a 2.7 return on ad spend. So significantly higher income. Hook number three had a 4.1 return on ad spend. Uh -huh. So more than double, I mean, the difference between a ho-hum campaign and an extremely profitable campaign, and we never would have known the difference if we only produced one version of the video. 
Then we produce three different versions of the offer. So you've got three hooks, three offers, that's nine versions. Then we do a long version and a short version of the video. So now we're up to 18. Then we'll do widescreen versions and square versions, depending on if we're using it on Facebook or, or YouTube. And so it ends up being 36 different versions that the digital marketing team will figure out. And Facebook has made this um, quite easy to automatically rotate through those ads to figure out which one is the highest performing. And that's how we get to our version that we finally throw a ton of money at. So you're not wasting money, mm. you know, opening the floodgates on a campaign that's not that's the 1.9 as opposed to the 4.1 ROAS. And the, the, the difference there, the thing that you mentioned, just going back to the, you called it the opening hook. This is where you said the most important part of the video is the first five seconds, right? Yes. And so yes. what you're, uh, what you're doing is you're not, you're not creating 36 different videos. You're creating these no. different versions of the same video, but exactly. you, the one thing you are, or the two things you're changing, one is the opening five seconds and the other one is the offer. And you're, yes. what I like about this Joseph is you've you've not assumed that you actually know what's going to work well. You've got an idea, absolutely, and you're absolutely. like, are there many times? I guess let me put it to you this way: Are there many times where you have gone, you know what, guys, we have totally nailed this. This is going to absolutely blow everything out of water. That opening hook, best one I've ever heard, and it's just fallen flat. And the one that you didn't think was going to work after testing, you've kind of gone. Goodness me, didn't see that coming. Glad we tested. Almost every single video we do. <laughs> okay. Seriously. You, you absolutely have to rely on data, not your gut for final results. You have to rely on your gut to get you to those first mm. places. But that's why the more versions you can test, the closer you're going to get to hitting the target. Mm. That's incredible. So yes, great, great question. So step seven comes right in with this. Step seven is testing, mm. right? So you got to, and really it should be step 1A, step 2A, step 3A, because after every one of these steps, the more you can test, the better you're off you're going to be. Yeah. So, you know, I often, wherever possible, I love to get focus groups or even virtual focus groups. So if your custom, if your listeners have, you know, a group of customers that they know that they can go to and say, can you give me your opinion on this? Or, you know, it, back in the days of the infomercials, we would literally hire focus group companies to fill one-way mirror rooms full of people and watch as they responded to watching our ads. And so, wow. you know, the, the more you can do to test the script um, and then to obviously test the final video to see which versions are people responding to, the better off you're going to be. And then step eight is forget going viral organically. Realize that everything that you do to create this video is only half of the success equation. The other half is making sure what are you going to do with that click once somebody clicks on your video at the end of the video that says click the link below. Where are they going to go? They, they should go to a squeeze page that's fully optimized to convert. Whatever that means. Now, we haven't talked about the fact that most of these videos, the offer is so good that it's not actually going to make any money. What makes money is upselling on that squeeze page. 
So a lot of our videos, we say, you know, click below to get a 30 day risk-free trial or click below and get, you know, buy one, get one free or click below. You got to give them the lowest hanging fruit to take advantage of an offer that seems irresistible. And then you build value in the, in the back end. So, you know, whether that's like True Earth Eco Strips, we get them into an auto ship program or we get them into a, you know, risk-free trial where they can send it back. But you know, hopefully the product is good enough that it sells itself once it's arrived. Yeah. So there's all these things to make sure that the back end sales funnel is optimized for success. And then also having somebody who really understands how and where to buy these ads to run these videos in the first place. Is your customer best approached on Facebook? Is it TikTok? Is it Instagram? Is it YouTube? And with all these changes with Facebook, you know, more and more of my customers are not leaving Facebook but trying to figure out how to balance their social portfolio yeah. and you know find success on other platforms that they typically haven't been you know utilizing in the past and the beauty of these videos is that as long as we understand from day 1 who we're speaking to as long as we're speaking to the same person it doesn't really matter if they're on Facebook or on Instagram or on you know these other platforms the message still works one of the um well, firstly, thank you. I mean, there, so we've got the eight steps. And just to just to go over them, according to my notes here, uh, we've got research, brainstorming, scripting, comedy, production, editing, testing, and then forget going viral. You've done these eight steps, right? You've got your you've got your video, you've got it up and running. One of the questions I've got for you here is that I guess the purpose of the video, you call it a sales video. You're you're making uh, funny sales videos. So I guess one of my questions is, in the video, are you trying to sell the product? Are you trying to get someone to think that they will uh, purchase in the video? Or are you using the video to get somebody to decide to go to the website? Do you see what I mean? I think there's a difference between selling the click and selling the product. And I'm just yeah. curious as to where you lie on that. I'd say there's actually three things that we're trying to do. Beyond a shadow of doubt, our number one goal is to create an immediate sale, but that's still not going to happen on the video. That's happening on the squeeze page. Mm -hmm. So, but, but yes, we are trying to go from the Harmon brothers call it zero to sold in three minutes, right? Mm -hmm. So cold traffic is the key to these videos. Creating a video to send to a hot list, really those lists aren't typically big enough for it to be worth your while spending the kind of money that these videos cost to go out to a small audience. It has to be out to cold traffic to a large audience. So you're trying to educate them, create the desire and call them to action within three or four minutes. Mm -hmm. So yes, that is always the number one goal is to create an immediate sale, unless it's a B2B company where it's a long, longer sales funnel and we're just trying to generate that lead. Mm. Um, but obviously, we're also trying to get there, and it's different in today's world, but we're trying to cl click through to the link so we can pixel them, get their information, uh, capture their information, and retarget to them. Because mm -hmm. a lot of the time, you know, not everyone is sold on the first impression. Some people say it's seven. Some people say it's a lot more than that. With these kinds of videos, the third thing that I was going to say is you're getting them to at least like you. And that sounds kind of okay. weird. Mm -hmm. But it's about 
top of mind awareness. Mm -hmm. I'll give you an example. You know, I've, I've been researching buying a Tesla for the past two years, right? I was never going to buy a Tesla on my first time I went to tesla.com. It's going to take me a long time to get there. But because every time I engage with Tesla, I see something different. I see something that's, you know, not anything like what Ford is offering, they're always on the top of my mind and I'm actually about to buy a Tesla, right? So it's taken me a long time, mm. but I like them. I've become a part of their tribe. Um, you know, it can kind of get cultish almost sometimes with some of these companies like Apple and, you know, Tesla is a great example. Um, and so just getting them to become a member of your tribe, even if it's only mentally, so that when they next know that they're going to buy something that's in your category, you're the first one that they think of. So there's immediate sales, and then there's branding that leads up to future sales. And that's hard to quantify on the spreadsheet, but it's actually, I'll say a fourth thing. So True Earth Eco Strips, they're a laundry detergent, and a lot of the big box retailers had never heard of them. Mm -hmm. Once we started playing our videos, people started coming into their stores saying, do you sell True Earth? And they started getting phone calls from the buyers of these big box stores saying, we want to stock you, we want to stock you. So that, again, there's all these other ripple effects that you can't track on the immediate sales that are benefits of brand awareness and getting people to talk about you. Wow. There is so much there. And Joseph, like you, I feel like I could go on asking you a whole bunch of questions around <laughs> this, uh, but I want to be respectful of your time. Uh, you've already been super generous. Um, if people want to reach out to you, if they want to connect with you, if they've got more questions, what's the best way for them to do that? Oh, you can, you can shoot me an email, joseph at funnysalesvideos.com, or you can just go onto our website. Uh, you know, it might be worth spending some time just looking at some of the videos that we've done. Um, and then the final thing on the website, there's a lead form that you can fill out, fill in to create a free brainstorm session um, with me or a member of my team where we could talk to you about some things that we could do for you or just connect with me on LinkedIn. Fantastic. And we will, of course, put all the links to your website and uh, your LinkedIn profile in the show notes. Uh, but Joseph, thank oh, you. I forgot, I forgot one. What? I forgot one more thing. Sorry. No. If they're listening to this, they probably like podcasts. I also run a podcast. It's called How to Make a Video Go Viral, and it's on all the podcast platforms. Oh well, that I didn't know. Uh, I know about the other <laughs> stuff, but I didn't know about your podcast. So I'm gonna I'm gonna subscribe to that. Uh, I'll have a look at that. I'm really intrigued to hear how you get on with the podcast because podcasting sounds like a funny medium to try and do video. Uh, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, it, it it definitely is. Uh, basically, what we do in our podcast is we interview anyone that has a, a sales video that has over a million views. We interview the, them to find out how did they do that so that other people can copy. You know, half of them are our clients, mm -hmm. but half of them are people that, you know, we just want to selfishly learn, you know, how are people doing it? Because we don't have all the answers. Oh, no, it's great. I mean, it's one of the reasons I love doing this show. You get to meet amazing yeah. people and, and just pick you, you everything learn, out of their heads. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 absolutely. No, it's brilliant. Well, thank you, Joseph. Really appreciate you being on the show. Thanks so much for being here. Thanks, uh, thanks for sharing everything. Uh, and I'm looking forward to seeing this rap video. Yeah, I'll send you a link. I'll send you a link. Yeah, yeah, do that. Thanks very much. Okay.
Thanks, man. Well, a big thanks to my very special guest today, Joseph Wilkins. Wasn't that a great show? Now, I reckon, right, if you've been with your notebook and pen going along there, you've got a lot of notes. But if you haven't uh, been able to do that, you've been driving in the car or for whatever reason, haven't been able to take notes, you can, of course, get them from the website ecommercepodcast.net. If you want to head straight to that episode, just go to ecommercepodcast.net forward slash 82 uh, to get there. You know, I love this show. I love speaking to people uh, like Joseph, you know, to and I, I took pages and pages of notes and I've got three million ideas buzzing around in my head uh, on what we can do now. So uh, if you're like me, do connect with Joseph. Say thanks for being on the show. Let him know what you've got because it's just brilliant what's going on, isn't it? And I just, like I say, I fanboyed out a bit in that one. Uh, next week, I am speaking to Nick Truman. We're talking about how SEO ranking can improve your customer experience. So uh, as we normally do, I'm going to play you an excerpt from next week's show. Here it is. So if you then just mention these words all over the place, you're not really going to scratch the itch. What you need to do is all the all the old SEO stuff about page speed and tags and code and um, site structure and hierarchy, all of that's really, really important. But what you need to work out these days is you need to work out how do we build the, the perfect experience around our keywords. Yes, that's Nick next week. You're not going to want to miss it. So make sure you are subscribed to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from, whether that's Apple or, you know, I want to say Spotify. Uh, yeah, it is Spotify and Shopify. I get those two mixed up a lot in my head being e-commerce. And I'm not the only one. We've got a few guests who do the same thing. Uh, but you can get it on Shopify, you can get it on Stitcher, you can get it on Podbean, wherever you get your podcast from, make sure you subscribe. And all of this will magically appear in your podcast inbox totally free. But of course, if you if you prefer YouTube, we're on there as well. Just go to youtube.com forward slash e-commerce podcast and you'll find us and you can subscribe and get notified. So uh, make sure, like I say, you're subscribed for next week's show. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks again to this week's show sponsors. Uh, and of course, a huge shout out to Joseph for being on the show and sharing with us his insight. Have a fantastic week. I'll be back next week. Bye for now. You've been listening to the e-commerce podcast with Matt Edmondson. Join us next time for more interviews, tips and tools for building your business online.